Welcome back, Cuzzies, to another episode of the Coaster Cuzzies podcast. If this is your first time tuning into the Coaster Cuzzies, this podcast is where two friends talk about roller coasters, theme parks, and shenanigans. Your hosts for the show today are Coaster Bro and Chef Jeff. In today's episode, the Cuzzies wander into the nation's capital in search of credits, grub, and glory. So stay tuned listen to the cuzzies in your ear credits grub and glory that's what this is all about that should be the fucking tagline of the show right i love it we I need a it. we need our only scramblers logo <laughs> above the just credits grub glory only scramblers. that would be good and we need a commercial with just somebody centrally whispering that <laughs> credits grub and glory and then we can open up a restaurant or a bar and call it the credits grub and glory hole. Mm, yes. <clears throat> By the way, glory hole uh, in the discord, Mitch came through and uh, went to the glory hole. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that in the discord. Fact, that's a reference from our Toronto. It's a reference from our Toronto trip. Um, hypothetical trip, of course. Uh, I kind of fell off there a little bit for late, uh, lately. So I've been trying to get back in and be involved. Well, get in there and uh, check out the glory hole picks. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. Theme Park Stud, he is still in that uh, that parking lot over in Pittsburgh. Um, I actually drove by on my trip to Pittsburgh and um, said hey to him. You know, he wasn't crying as much as usual. So that's a good thing. And uh, I did pick up some wings for him to eat because, uh, you know, they weren't Hooters wings. But when you're sitting in a parking lot for that long, what are you going to do? This is this is uh, Cuzzy's rite of passage is being abandoned at restaurants. <laughs> it really is. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a we decade never did long. That to you, did we? No, yeah. for some reason yeah. I've never been uh, abandoned at a restaurant. Usually, because yeah. my idea, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, my main tip is remain calm. They're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> even if, even if it's a long drive, they are coming back. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Excellent. Well, uh, before we jump into the road trip, I did have a little, a little long weekend that I want to talk about because it's, it's not long enough for a show, but for a little segment of the road trip before we, uh, you know, get over to DC. It's about as far away as DC as you can get in the U.S. But uh, went to Arnold's Park with my wife and uh, had a fun little long weekend up in Lake Okaboji, and uh, it was really cool because it was the first time. We have ever gotten free tickets from a park to come up and make content. So uh, that was a party. That's pretty sweet. So got to give a shout they've out to Arnold's Park. They've got a sweet entrance too. Yeah. Like you drive under like this fake roller coaster of it. And mm-hmm. then uh, to get into the park, you actually are going underneath the station of Legend, which I know we've talked about Legend on the show before, but man, I love this ride so much. Like we rode it about four times and rode it in just about every seat you could. Every seat was smooth, and it's such an enjoyable family coaster. And uh, it's good to see the park take care of it, because I think I rode it back in maybe 2013, 2014, something like that, before they did the track work, and it was real rough. (laughs) So uh, they've been taking really good care of it and um, had a great time at Arnold's Park. It's What I'm finding out about that place, most enthusiasts go in, they ride Legend, they ride that Wild Mouse, and they get out because they can do paper ride for that. But you should really just uh, buy that all-day wristband. Maybe hit the uh, 
hit the boardwalk a little bit, eat some restaurants. We had at Maxwell's, which is like their main restaurant on the boardwalk there. Mm-hmm. It was really good. They have great Moscow mules there. And um, I think the highlight of the trip might have been eating a nutty bar, which uh gluten-free for my wife. So I think it's her new favorite gluten-free treat at a park. <laughs> but it's ice cream uh, with a shell of chocolate and nuts on it. So it's it's really good. It, it reminds me, it'll just kind of flipping through some images, reminds me a lot of Indiana Beach, just at a surface level. Yeah, it's like a tiny version of it. And it's yeah. like it's like cleaner than Indiana Beach is. Yeah, uh, I was going to say it looks that way. But it's just smaller. You know, you got, you got like go-karts and um, they've got some like unique flat rides there, like the Rocco Plains and like the, I don't know what you call it, the Salt and Pepper Shaker. I think that's what it might be called. Um, I don't know if that's actually the name for it, but uh, but yeah, it was a good time and uh, rode that wild mouse too, and that thing is <clears throat> wild as advertised. It's like old school it, and really beat you up going through that. Yeah, just I'm kind of I'm that's the one I'm looking at pictures of right now, and it looks uh, suspect to say the least. <laughs> um, this thing is just sitting on, it's just sitting on concrete, like it's not bolted to the ground at all. So like when you're going through the ride, you you that ride shifts like at least a foot. Like it's very noticeable. Yeah. And um Yeah, the footers don't really look like they're uh tethered too strongly. Nah. It's almost like it's almost like Six Flags saw this ride and were inspired, like just saw, you know what, I need that on a parking lot. <laughs> it's true. They just yeah. they just poured a little concrete pad, plopped it down, might have brought it in by helicopter even. It's held together by like cotter pins and stuff, so it's a it's an adventurous ride, but it's it's also it like old school classic kind of thing. You you would be mistaken for uh, passing by this and thinking it's made of connects. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It, it looks very similar, but um, yeah, yeah. In, just in general, Arnold's Park, you should check it out if you're like <laughs> going through the area, especially if you're going from like Adventureland to Minnesota on like a northern trip which i think is going to be a lot more popular now that um you know uh oh what's that new park lost island now that that exists i think a lot of people are going to be pairing that up with minnesota you got to hit up arnold's park it's like two hours out of the way but um definitely worth the stop in this is my third visit to the to that park and um it looks like a good one yeah when you slow down and and make a good half day to a full day out of it. There's a lot of activities to do. Mini golf. Um, you can ride the Queen right on the lake. Uh, they actually had a concert that day. It was like a Christian rock concert. So I was like, oh, I don't, need to, don't really need to stick, stick around for that. But I mean, people, the place was popping. So good times at the Arnold's Park. And that's enough. We got to get, get back to the East Coast. Out to maryland today we'll be highlighting the parks of maryland while we'll be discovering six flags america will be the the main beef of this park the main entree assuming that there's a beef entree but that'll be the main yeah it's good stuff um so we'll be talking about that dc and then we're going to highlight baltimore a little bit because you know basically the same thing you might stop into baltimore for an evening and uh, going to highlight <clears throat> Adventure Park USA, which not much to highlight there, but we will start with it. So uh, 
Yeah, Adventure Park USA. Jeff, is there any history here? Uh, yeah, I got a little little uh, entry here from good old Wikipedia. Adventure Park USA opened in 2005. That's it. <laughs> nice. That's a good history. Right. So this shit just popped up. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 park is, the park is rich with it. 2005, it just had some roller coasters. And here we are. Yeah, they don't even have much of an about us on their website. So that's, that's what you get from me today. I would believe it. Uh, so this is a park that I drove by back when I worked for the Zipline company. This, our headquarters was located in Frederick, <laughs> Frederick Maryland. And we come in from the airport and I would drive by this all the time. And I'd be like, oh my God, it's, you know, there's three credits there. I got to go here one day. So on the Pennsylvania road trip, we just made it happen and showed up and man this place was pretty small <laughs> it, yeah. i was expecting i don't know what i was really expecting i knew it was an fec um i thought it'd be more on a fun spot level but it, it really wasn't but um yeah we'll go ahead and highlight highlight the rides there and i'm just going to highlight the coasters uh they do have a few kind of not very noticeable rides uh, a lot of kids attractions some flat rides that sort of thing but I would say their star attraction is the 2007 edition, which would have been their first roller coaster. They opened in 2005? Yep. Yeah, so this probably was the thing that put them on the map. You've got Wildcat, which is a Schwarzkopf Wildcat roller coaster. I think everybody's kind of been on one of these, used to have one at Cedar Point. This particular model actually opened in 1976 at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. <clears throat> So Busch Gardens Williamsburg was the first park. And then this thing got moved around everywhere. This is actually the fifth park that this park, that this coaster has been at. The other parks, uh, Rye Playland, Steel Pier, kind of out on the Jersey Shore, and Williams Grove, which was the Pennsylvania amusement park that shut down uh, well over a decade ago, at least at this point. But now it has a home just living in Maryland. Um, this is a good ride. If you've been on a Wildcat Schwarzkopf, it's that same model. Um, when I was there, they were only running one train on it on a Saturday, so that was pretty rough. Um, but, yeah, smooth ride. It's good. What can you really say about Wildcat Schwarzkopfs, you know? They're good. They're very, they're very portable, apparently. <laughs> they are. They are a uh, – technically, I guess it would be a traveling model. So, to see it in five yeah. different parks is to be expected. Um, Speaking of, I saw, uh, this was like last week, but I saw that uh, In the Loop posted that they got to ride Olympia Looping, which oh. was, I'm, a little, I'm a little jelly. Hopefully I get to ask them about that this uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, you'll get to meet all the dudes there, so that'd be cool. That, yeah, that's a legend. He's uh, He went to Wiener Prater, which I guess it's, I don't know if it's permanently located there now or if temporarily, but operating in austria right now so have to ask him about that that, looks, that is a bucket list coaster for me as well <laughs> all right so they have two other roller coasters here at adventure park usa uh the 2015 edition is one that i had already ridden so i didn't need to ride this when i visited thank goodness because it was down for weather um slash the end of the day kind of thing they only operate fun fact they only operate the last two hours of their operating hours 
kind of seems like they only operate Wildcat and a few other rides. So if you're going to like go ride the coasters, maybe hit like midday might be a good option. But the Wild West Express is a Zamperla windstorm coaster used to operate at Old Town. So it opened in 2015 here, but originally opened in Old Town, which is now, I guess, operated by Funspot. I think they kind of took over that that operating space for the amusements. But this coaster is hilarious because it is mostly purple. It's like half purple, half red. And it was like that at Old Town. And then what's funny about it is when it when it moved here, they still didn't paint it. So it's still that weird, like it's not by design. It just happens to be half red, half purple. It's like they ran out of paint or something, the budget cut. I don't know what it was. But uh, it's still got that terrible, probably the worst paint job of any coaster I've ever seen. <laughs> um, so I was kind trying of to figure out what you were. I was looking through the pictures. I was trying to figure out what you were saying until I got to like the last few, and it's like the back half of the coaster is that the track <laughs> is that weird purple color. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't know what it, why they did that, but it, it's there. And um, <clears throat> what's kind of unique about this park is like if you've been around, you've been a coaster enthusiast for a while. Like you might not have any new credits here because all these all these rides used to be at other parks, um, which is interesting. Also in 2015, I guess 2015 was a big expansion year for them because they added two coasters. But this one was the Tumbleweed, which is a Myler kitty coaster. Um, interesting history here. This this ride used to operate at Jolly Roger Amusement Park, which was in Delaware. We highlighted that already. But it was only there in 2014. So they, they brought it in. And they were like, mm, one year is good enough. Let's go ahead and sell this down the road. Um, and this ride used to operate and travel. So Majestic Midways was the company that it traveled with before it became a permanent amusement park stop. So it's been just as many places as the Wildcat, probably. That's the coaster lineup. When you think about it, it is a good credit stop. Um, good pairing with... Let's say you're going up to Hershey and you somehow looped away, looped underneath it through Maryland up that way. That's how I got this park. But if you're going to Six Flags America, it's probably easiest to pair with that somehow. Maybe you enjoy your day at America and then you pop out, get these credits. So do you have any rush getting out to Adventure Park USA, Jeffrey? Not particularly. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say rush. This is one of the few. It's just like get to it if you can. There are three credit stops, so it's like it's a pretty substantial credit stop over like a you know a mountain coaster. But mm-hmm. if you're not in the area, why would you go? You just wouldn't. You just wouldn't. All right, we're gonna keep driving down the highway. I remember when we um, when we went to this park. I remember seeing signs where you could either go to Baltimore or you could go to DC. If you look at a map, these things are pretty close together. So we'll go to Baltimore first. There are no coasters in Baltimore, but it felt weird highlighting this park and not talking about Baltimore. So we'll do a little highlight of it and um, just kind of abbreviated compared to like our other stops, but got to give Baltimore some love. Yeah, got a a few uh, little restaurants I grabbed here. the uh, the first of which, uh, apologies for mispronouncing 
Cochina Luchadoras. Uh, I picked this place strictly because they had a picture of some bomb ass birria tacos, and that's all I needed mm. to see. God, that looks if, good. You sent me that. If picture. you've never, if you've never had birria tacos, make it happen. Is that like a fried taco situation here? So uh, I can't remember the prep in full, but the the beef uh, or uh, it, traditionally it's goat, I believe, okay. uh, but often made with beef is uh, cooked in liquids. Uh, consomme, I believe, is the name for the liquid uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. But then after it's cooked, uh, they put it into... Uh, they uh, like marinate the tortillas in the consomme, then put it down on the griddle, put the meat and cheese inside, flip it shut, and then like sear it on both sides. And then they serve it with the consomme and you dip the tacos. Damn. Yeah, when, that shit when, guy, when Guy Fieri says Flavor Town, that's what the fuck he means. Yeah, there's just, you, you've sent me this picture and I see three tacos and I see the, the the dip that you dip it in there's just like a bunch of fresh veggies in that dip and the broth <clears throat> then you got like a lime and like i don't know what else is that cilantro uh let me let me get is this it, cold up is it like cucumbers and radish chopped up let me let me hold on just a second sorry it i thought i had be. this pulled up it's it's very good either way i uh there's some of my favorite talk to- if i see them on the menu that's what i'm getting um, this looks very similar to something in downtown Lee Summit that's recently opened, Taco Holics. Just a heads up, you should probably try that out. I'll uh, take it for a spin. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, so that is, sorry, I'm blowing it up because I'm old. <laughs> All I can see uh, is your face as we record on Zoom here. Oh yeah, so in the in the broth, it looks like it's uh, onions and cilantro and more of the same on the side if you don't want it submerged in liquid. Mm. I and think then, I'll take yeah. both. But yeah, it's uh, it bring lots and lots of paper towels because it is not a clean meal. <laughs> yeah, that looks and like a it is, flavorful as hell, though. Yeah, if if it, if you do somehow wind up clean, you did it wrong. <laughs> you just you just get sloppy with these boys. That's what she said. My man. <laughs> anyway, uh, on to the next. Uh, I had to hit up a pizza place because wouldn't be uh, plugging one bite if we didn't mention them at least once, even though they're not paying us. Not wink, dying. wink. Right. Uh, they need to start paying. Yeah. Uh, this place looks pretty good. Not like uh, anything like super unique. It's a Neapolitan style joint. It's uh, Hirsch's Pizza, uh, one of the recommended go-tos for a pie in Baltimore. Uh, they've got a 7.1 on one bite. It's strictly community. They've not been visited by old Dave yet. But like I said, they uh, they lean to the, the wood-fired Neapolitan style. It looks good. Yeah. Quality dough, yeah, but- quality ingredients. I'd eat it. Yeah. We're in Baltimore. I mean, I there was so much food here. I just kind of threw darts. So I, I'm sure I'm going to miss something important. But hey. We're just giving some shout outs, man. We're just highlighting it a little bit in case you, you end up there, you know? Yeah. All about the journey. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm going to round out this list. I only grabbed three. Keep it brief. Uh, the G and M restaurant, just letters G and M. Uh, they have apparently pretty revered crab cakes, and you're in Baltimore, so gotta gotta make it happen. Uh, and they've been serving them up for about 30 years. Wow. So they've they've put their time in too, and they've got other stuff there too. But uh, I mean, you're in Maryland, you gotta get the seafood. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I'm not much of a seafood guy, but I see this and I'm like, mm, I think I had to go. Went to Maryland, you know. I'm a I'm a big old crab cake enthusiast. <laughs> Those look like some of the best crab cakes for sure. Excellent. Well, thanks for the food highlight. That is uh, yeah. the, everything looks very delicious there. I think I needed all three of those very easily. Mm -hmm. um, as far as some attractions to check out in Baltimore, um, I'm looking at free slash cheap attractions. What can you do to make a half day? How can you extend your stay? So as far as free attractions in the area, I found that Edgar Allan Poe's grave site um, is a part of that. So you can just go look at his grave, which is very morbid, but so is he. I, I didn't know that he was buried there. That's actually a pretty cool little piece of information. Yeah, I don't know if he lived out there or what. I don't, I don't know a lot about Edgar Allan Poe history, but um, definitely buried in Baltimore. So some sort of ties there. And uh, yeah. I think they also have like a museum that goes with it too, which is pretty sweet. And then there's also kind of a neighborhood to go to called Fells Point, which has like historic buildings, stores, coffee shops, and they'll do like street fairs there. So depending on when you go, you might stumble into something real fun and potentially free or cheap. So shopping's an easy thing to point out for this. There's probably some shopping there that's going to be great. You don't have to spend all your money. You can just uh, go spend your time there, walk around, check out the architecture, Get you, get you an espresso drink and uh, have a good morning out of it. So as far as um, to make a half day out of Baltimore, you could hit up a game at Camden Yards, which is, uh, I'd say, one of the cooler looking MLB stadiums um, out there. I'm not one of Cal those guys. Ripken. Yeah, Cal Ripken. Cal, old, old stomping grounds. Yeah. Whenever I think of this park, I think of, uh, remember when he, he broke that, um consecutive games record yeah the iron man the, the iron man yeah yeah how, I many, remember, was it, how many games was it was it like three thousand or something like it, that it was yeah i'm not sure the exact number but i remember it being three thousand in a row like a little bit more than that so yeah i mean you could check out that historic i, I call it historic just because of that moment but <laughs> uh really cool looking ballpark you see like the the city background behind it so it's like it's like one of those parks that's like, you know, if I'm in Baltimore, I might want to try to catch a game there. And then another way to extend your stay, uh, they have the National Aquarium, which is voted one of the world's best. Um, checked out some pictures of it. There's definitely some fish. There's definitely some sharks. So if you like fish and sharks and the nation, why wouldn't you go to this damn aquarium? You know what I'm saying? You can't be the National Aquarium and suck. Right? It's like Sea Life isn't going to call themselves the National Aquarium. No, they are not. <laughs> but yeah, there's your little highlight of Baltimore, Maryland. I know we didn't do it justice, but there's no park there, guys. We're lucky to... Baltimore is lucky for us to have talked about it. 
right? This was a this was a just the tip situation. Just the tip. Let's say you <clears throat> you were driving to DC and you accidentally went to Baltimore. Now you have something to do. Yeah. Just the tip. Just the tip. Well, that's Baltimore. And uh, we recorded Washington, D.C. and talked all about Six Flags America and realized my dumbass forgot to record it. So here we are re-recording that portion because we do love you, cuzzies. <laughs> the laughs might be manufactured here, so we'll, we'll see. Yes, we might be recycling jokes, but you didn't know about it. So we got to yeah. practice it and like a stand-up comment. You got to practice before you deliver your stuff, so... Anyway, let's move forward. Washington, D.C. I hear there's some great cuisine there. Maybe a couple of restaurants I've heard of before now at this point. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's go ahead and highlight those. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to lead off the D.C. food uh, with probably one of the most historic options there. Mm. Uh, we've got Ben's Chili Bowl serving up the local favorite, the Half Smoke, since 1958. This place is an institution and just kind of a little overview of the half smoke. Uh, we'll just call it a historic chili cheese dog um, when there's obviously much more to it than that. But the, the, the main uh, specialty is in the preparation of the Frankfurter itself. It's half pork, half beef uh, with some special seasonings involved. Um, was opened up by a husband and wife in 1958 and the wife is still involved. The husband has passed since, uh, but it is very much an institution in the area. So Ben's chili bowl. And sir, Google search, you can find the wife, uh, cooking dogs to these days on Google images. She's, she's in her, I, I don't remember when I looked at the article I saw. So she's either in her high eighties or low nineties. So that's Damn. impressive by itself. And these are like spicier dogs from what uh, research has told us from earlier, right? Yep. Research from earlier. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Next on the list, we've got uh, Mangiolardo's mm. uh, sandwich shop slinging up all your favorites, but you're going for the signature G-Man sub, uh, a glorified Italian. I'm always down for an Italian. It's in my regular rotation. And what's unique about this sandwich is uh they meet it's almost like a double meat situation when you look at the layers of it you've got like a normal italian you got the layer of cheese and they put another stack of that meat up there dude this looks like my kind of sandwich yeah not gonna get a complaint out of me stack it high and send me packing that's right <laughs> yeah uh next on the list we've got the capital burger uh very very well regarded uh kind of slightly upscale but uh you know they've got some really really good experience type burgers um i had their menu up and then i deleted it so uh i know it's, they're, it's they're, a very pretty ahead. restaurant inside of there i mean they're slinging yeah. up burgers and shit but like if you're walking in your swimsuit you might be a little out of place here yeah maybe bring a button up or something <laughs> maybe put yeah. on your uh put on the polo for this one Yep. The dress up polo. Yeah. Uh I definitely would, would give them a go. They've got their their signature burger titled the Capital Burger with the name drop. Uh definitely looks real good. Uh served what I believe it was French onion style. Mm. So you're gonna have your caramelized onions and then uh Gruyere cheese and it's real, real good. Yeah. 
Uh, next on the list in a history lesson for another day, uh, we have a large contingent in uh, Washington, D.C. from El Salvador, uh, refugees and their families stuck around in the area and blessed us with some delicious food. Mm. Uh, slinging their signature pupusas, we've got the El Rinconcito <laughs> Cafe to the masses. Uh, looks to be the place to get them. Can you refrain from saying slinging pupusas? <clears throat> just sounds weird. Yeah, no. I'm just going to keep saying it if I know it unsettles you. Okay, perfect. Yep. Yeah. So uh, get your pupusas slung into your mouth here. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Terrible. All right. And to round out the list here, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably missing a bunch of excellent places here. DC's got a lot of fantastic ethnic food. Um, but uh, I got to hit at least one sweet place. And it appears to be the place to get it. Uh, I'm not a cupcake man, but Georgetown Cupcakes mm. is constantly running up hours long waits. So get there early. Uh, I'm not really going to go unless friends in the group want to go. But this place has been on, I think you said TLC. TLC. Had a TV show based on them uh, and appear to be one of the places that has not suffered as a result of their fame. Like you often see with some of these Food Network shouts. So, I gotta say, these sure. cupcakes look real pretty. Doesn't look like there's too much icing. I hate, I hate when the cupcake icing is like, you know, inch, a couple inches tall. You can't eat it. It's like, yeah, come on. So just look like open my cupcakes. mouth and pour sugar down it. That's just not what I'm about. <laughs> yeah, I don't need the beat us <laughs> in the form of cupcakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Excellent. So yes. you got some great food there in DC to highlight. Yeah. Awesome. Like I said, if, uh, if, if there's a place that we missed that you felt is worthwhile, when Costa Bro puts this out on Facebook, Discord, and otherwise, feel free to give shouts to your recommendations, because I know I missed plenty. All right, let's say you and I are in D.C. for the day. What are we eating for lunch, and what are we eating for dinner? What are you pulling? Uh, probably Mangiolardo's for lunch. Good, good cold sub. Rounded out with uh, the Capital Burger. There dinner. you go. I'm down with that. Excellent. Now, as far as attractions in D.C., now, usually I break this down free, half day, extend your day, but I'm going to extend my day and do free all at once. Because when you go to D.C., <clears throat> what are you doing if you don't go to the Capitol? What are you doing if you don't go to the Lincoln Memorial, the National Mall, see the Washington Monument? And what's really unique about this is you can kind of just pair it with whatever you're doing. You hit Six Flags, America, get all the coasters done, maybe get your flash pass, get that day done, and then go have an evening walk at, uh, you know, the, the National Mall and check out all these different monuments. Um, I think it's a really good way to extend your stay. And, um, you know, if you don't get it all done that night, you can go back in the morning and kind of finish up your little tour. So um, I think it's a must do when you're in D.C. Um, feels like you wouldn't do D.C. without it. You got to go see the White House. You have to. You got to see it. And then the second thing to bring up um, for half day, this could also be, once you look at it, depending on how, how you do museums, it might be a full day situation here. But you've got the Smithsonian Natural History Museum, which has all sorts of expeditions inside. They've got a beautiful African bush elephant. 
on display. Um, looks like there's an African Voices exhibit. My personal favorite, the Bone Hall. <laughs> yeah, it's all about natural bone. history. Bone. Gotta find the bone, bone Daddy while you're there. The bone Daddy. Welcome to the Bone Hall. I'm your Bone Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those key recycled jokes. Yeah, I can't. I can't. That was gold. We had to. We had to copy that over. Yep. Um, but yeah, the bone hall is actually like skeletons of like flying fish, massive sea turtles, snakes, giraffes, monkeys, and more. It's also like a butter a butterfly pavilion. You've got fossils. You've got the hall of human or orgies. <laughs> I thought you were about to say organs. Oh, I almost said orgies. Um, hall of human origins. 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 Very different. Or- orgies would be a lot funnier. Yeah, human origins looks uh yeah. We don't we don't need an exhibit on orgies. Um and then uh you've got ancient Egypt. There's just all sorts of stuff to check out. Minerals. Um Hall of Mammals. There's an insect zoo. Like there's just there's so much to do. And I'm not much of a museum guy, but you put all these exhibits in one. This looks like a kind of a must-stop museum in America for me. So definitely check out the Smithsonian. All right. So moving on, we you came here to learn more about Six Flags America. And we're going to give you all that we know about it. And I hear there's some history, Jeff. Maybe yeah. a little bit more than uh than uh the other place, Adventure Park yeah. USA. Yeah, just at least more than one line, I will say that. <laughs> uh and it actually has an interesting start to life, uh, founded as a wildlife center in 1973 by, of all people, Ross Perot. Ross Perot, really? Also, yeah. Huh. And actually, a, a tidbit I missed on the first pass here, uh, ABC Television operated the park as a drive through safari called the Largo Wildlife Preserve in 1974 hmm. through the park's closure in 1978. The property was purchased by Jim Fowler's Wild Kingdom and gradually converted from a wildlife preserve into a theme park called Wild World. In 1992, the park was renamed Adventure World after being acquired by Premier Parks and then eventually received its Six Flags branding in 1999 with its current title. And to both of our knowledge, I don't think there's animals there anymore. I don't think so. I bet they shipped them all up to uh, Great Adventure. That would make sense. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know it was a wildlife park to begin with. So that's that's kind of one of the more surprising histories. Let alone run by Ross Perot. (laughs) Ross Perot. That guy was made fun of on SNL quite a bit, I think. Yeah, that's because he's uh ears got him xm radio before xm radio ever existed <laughs> if i recall those were big ears you're right yeah <laughs> all right ross well, perot later operated as a uh, children's ride at disney the dumbo's a dumbo dumbo slider whatever the whatever the ride is called i apologize i butchered it for the sake of humor crushing the ross perot jokes yeah <laughs> All right. Speaking of Ross Perot, Six Flags America uh, rides. So let's talk about them. 
There are a bunch of roller coasters here. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine coasters to highlight here. And one of the biggest criticisms that people have of this lineup is seven of those nine coasters are clones of some sort. They are the clone, the, the, the distant cousin of another coaster somewhere. So a lot of criticism there. Um, but we put the collection together. It's not bad. Um, I think a lot of locals would point out like, you know, it's still like a decent lineup. It's just everything is copied. So mm-hmm. starting with the first copy, we've got the 2001 edition Batwing, which is the Vekoma flying coaster, a clone, obviously. Um, low capacity too. Like these, these things are like, you might want to highlight getting on this early if it is open. Um, this is one of those if it's open rides, which I know causes trauma for you, Jeff. I know you're thinking of Dollywood right now. I know you're thinking of Lightning Rod. We didn't ride it, but yeah, this, this wouldn't be as sad if you didn't get it. I'd say, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it did. Uh, what was it? Nighthawk when it was at Jungle Lake. Mm. So. Yeah. There you go. Okay, excellent. So the next coaster has. What's also unique about this lineup, I have two of the credits here without ever going to this park, which is just odd. But originally, this ride opened in 1990 as Iron Wolf at Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois. Later on, 2012, that thing was moved to Six Flags America, which the, the laughing joke here is this is kind of the graveyard for Six Flags Great America coasters. I mean, you'll mm-hmm. see why here in a little bit. But in 2012, it was moved over called Apocalypse, which pretty cool zombie theme. Probably uh, probably the height of this coaster was Apocalypse, I would say. And then in 2009, it was given the floorless treatment. So it operates currently as Firebird, the sit-down or the floorless conversion of a stand-up. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't know how I feel about this. I, I know stand-ups are not my favorite kind of coaster. I know it's the same for you, Jeff. You've ridden like one good one. Yeah, and it was Riddler's Revenge, and that might what I, I don't know of other options that are positively regarded, but I know that at least this has a similar layout. Or uh, apologies if it is the clone of uh, Vortex over at Carowinds, uh, where uh, infamously is one of your uh, <laughs> one of my favorite pieces of content to revisit on your Instagram where I'm flipping you off from the lift. I already had the, the credit, you know, I already had it. So I had to, I had to get that video of you flipping me off. Um, it's one of my it's favorite pieces of content too. Yeah. All it's right. It's good. Yeah. 1999, pretty decent year for coasters at Six Flags America. You have Great Chase, the Zamperla Kitty Coaster, which is themed to the Roadrunner running from Wiley Coyote. Might even say that's kind of cute for a kitty coaster. Um, can you name a cuter theme to a coaster than that? Uh, the wacky worm when it had its apple on before Cedar Fair squashed it. Very good point. Now it's like a space bug going through a planet. Come on now. That doesn't even make sense. Right. You don't go through planets like that. No, not that easily. Not that easily. Um, excellent. And then in 1999, <laughs> you also saw Joker's Jinx, which is the premier coaster. If you've ridden Flight of Fear, if you've at King's Dominion or King's Island, if you've done Poltergeist at Fiesta Texas, this is the clone of those. 
notoriously um, kind of known by locals as the coaster that got stuck at the top of the ride with helicopters going around it saying, hey, this thing valued at the top, which is actually a pretty scary um, evacuation, I would say, to be up in that top bit hundreds of feet, a hundred feet off the ground. and Yeah, there's no catwalk or anything up there. Nah. At least not currently, so. Or not in the pictures I'm seeing. I mean, sorry. No, there wasn't. So like they, they like picked them down. Not good. Not good. Not a good look. Um, then you have the 1995 edition, which is easily one of the worst rides here. Mindy Racer, the Pacoma SLC. And to make this ride even worse, I think it was 2017, they added VR to this terrible coaster. So you could get your ass beat while in a virtual reality world. <laughs> very fun uh spoiler the uh vr portion is just you walking through an alley and then a gang jumps you <laughs> just so <laughs> you both feel <laughs> and just getting beat by a baseball similar sen- yeah <laughs> similar sensations going on there kind of pulls the theme together really well yeah <laughs> i don't know why they got rid of it <laughs> all right then you have the 2014 edition which another great america roller coaster moved over 2004 opened as Raging Cajun at Great America. 2014 moved over and is now the traveling spinning mouse Raging Cajun that is might be a top five ride in this park. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think it is, but it could sneak in there. And then you got the 1998 edition Roar, the GCI wooden coaster. Um Used to be a clone. I guess technically it's not anymore because the clone got RMC'd. I would say this is one of those top candidates for an RMC redo. If uh, Six Flags shows that they care about this park and want to give them an actual good attraction, that would be the one I'd say. Mm-hmm. And then easily the best coaster here, the 2000 edition Superman Ride of Steel, which is the Intamin Hyper Coaster. Again, a fucking clone of Darien Lake. I believe it's mirrored. And um, what's hilarious about this ride is the one at Darien Lake has straight bits that goes over the lake and it's very functional. You understand why it's straight there. Um, And this clone, there's just straight bits over a field. (laughs) So you're like, why are we going straight for this long? I don't really know. Um, Kind of a lazy exact clone. You think they would have done something with that, but no, they did not. Um, This ride kind of, oh, go ahead. I was just say a little bit of trivia I may want to dig into is I'm not sure any ride has used more concrete for footers than this one possibly because they are frequent and they are tall. It's like really stacked, huh? Yeah. Like they were like, you know what? We're down to the support. We're just going to go with it. We'll just make huge footers and uh, we'll make it happen with the, with the land here. Crazy. Um. These are interesting coasters too because it just feels like a lot of a lot of big hills and a lot of uh, helixes, like just helix after helix, and then the ride ends with an airtime finale. So, while it is the best ride here, you think that they could have done some more actual good coaster elements with it, but to each their own, I guess. And then uh, 1986, you see the addition. This is one of the more unique coasters here, I would say. Um, wild one which originally you think 1986 that's kind of new for this that's because it used to operate 
as Giant Coaster at what's the name of that park? Do you have that handy, Joe? Uh, Paragon Park. Paragon Park. So 1917 edition Paragon Park called Giant Coaster, made by John Miller, the guy that makes all those Kennywood coasters, the guy that makes Legend at Arnold's Park, um, makes some of the best coasters out there. And then what happened is once Paragon Park shut down, Six Flags bought the coaster, relocated it, and it now operates there. So you're looking at a pretty classic wooden coaster here. Question is, does Six Flags take care of it? That is what I want to know. And I'm interested in. So that is kind of the last of um, that. Oh my gosh, you, you sent me a picture of Superman with me. <laughs> Just that's the cluster of one where kind of like the Mamba Helix, where the yeah the underpass of the bend oh, comes just so many tall concrete footers close to each other they look like little tiny skyscrapers with like yeah. little antennas on top for the for the supports <laughs> like yep. those sky are those supports like the size of us maybe taller it's probably taller and you're, it's like a low to the ground helix it's super weird <laughs> yeah they just it's they're so close together and so tall i just whatever yeah, super weird. Got to make the got to make the clone work, I guess. If the ground is uneven. I guess so. Uh, just a weird choice. But there's your coaster lineup. It's not a bad lineup. It's just so uninspired and so copied. And it's just like the general attitude of additions that have come to this park are kind of frustrating. I would say if I was a local at this park. Um, but there are some other attractions that are worth mentioning. Um, you've got the Harley Quinn Spin Sanity. I think it's a Zamperla Pendulum. This is the ride that uh, I think got popular on TikTok doing the stanky leg when there was some sort of hydraulic malfunction. And you see one of the support legs just boom, 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 boom like it's doing the stanky leg. And uh, kind of a frightening video, honestly. <laughs> Somebody should have hit e-stop, I would say. But, you know. Who am I to judge? Because I don't know how to operate that thing. So anyway, you've got the uh the penguins blizzard river, which is probably their most unique right here. It is a dry but water ride. Um, you get in with like your normal clothes, it's made for the amusement park, and it's basically a raft slide that has like rubber pieces in the slide that help make the, the ride spin. So it's kind of it kind of makes you a little dizzy, even. And uh, there's like a splashdown at the end. So pretty unique ride, I would say. If you haven't ridden one of these, the only other one operating that I know of in the U.S. is Adventureland in Iowa. So we might have to give that a spin uh, this upcoming weekend. So, And then uh, another attraction to highlight, 152-foot-tall Intamin Drop Tower. I believe it's second generation. Um, this is one that I – it's called Voodoo Drop. And this is one that I could see going away soon. You're seeing Six Flags start to take out these rides that are high in maintenance fees, maybe lower capacity. We saw this taken out at Six Flags St. Louis, I believe in 2021. And this could be one that I see eventually leaving. So if you go in the next couple of years, might want to prioritize getting a ride in on the Voodoo Drop. So there you go. There's your lineup at Six Flags America. Um, Maybe you can highlight their exceptional food here, Jeff. Exceptional is a word. 
probably less inspired <laughs> than their coaster line, if I'm being honest. Oh, no. Flipping through their food options was like, the, the closest comparison I can make to it is somebody actually designed this ride on Roller Coaster Tycoon. All mm-hmm. the rides are the, the pre-designed clones. They just dropped in different parts of the park. And yeah. all of the food options are just the single purpose uh, things. Then they gave them a funny name. So I picked out some of the least uh, offensive on this, but there it's it's all pretty bad. Uninspired, yeah. The the first being Aviator Grill, uh, and their tagline is just cheesesteaks and fries. Oh yeah, that's great. I mean, you're so close to Philly. Yep. Nothing reminds uh, me of cheesesteaks more than uh, (laughs) a plane. Right. Uh, next is the Chesapeake Burger Company. Uh, they may or may not have burgers. I hope so. Yep. Burgers uh, and fries, baby. Probably the most interesting of the bunch is coffee and cones. They've got hot beverages, ice cream, sundaes, and other sugary treats. Do they have like, uh, then, I don't think Six Flags has like a a coffee brand that they infuse into the parks like Cedar Fair usually has like Caribou or Caribou. Um, some parks have like Starbucks. I don't think I don't think Six Flags does anything like that. I think they just have their own drip coffee. I have no idea. I haven't, and now that you think about that, I wouldn't know what it was if they did. Yeah, I don't think they do. Um, all right. Uh, then we've got the Crazy Horse Saloon. They sling sling that barbecue for you. It looks like it's a sit down joint. Okay. Uh, and then rounding out the list with the Steelworks Pub. Take a break from your day with a cold beer, wine, spirit, or frozen cocktail. Which you'll probably need it if you're waiting in some of these uh, long lines <laughs> at Six Flags America. Yeah. Or clones that you've already ridden, probably. Yep. Yeah. Good idea to have a bar there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So that's oh. your highlight of uh, Six Flags America food. Yep. It just. Gosh, I think if we just if we just tied it up into one word, Six Flags America, probably uninspiring. It's um I've been in this area like three or four times and I still haven't gone to this park and it's just not a high priority for me. Yeah, I've never been and I probably would not be like itching to go for anything other than the the creds. Yeah. It's like one of those parks that if it shut down, I'd just be like, huh, oh, I missed it. I'm sorry, DC locals. You love this place. The, I, the I need eulogy to give it a read, this park existed. <laughs> Ross Perot once did something with it. Yeah. Six Flags did nothing with it. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, our next stop of the road trip will be uh, a pretty fun one, I'd say. I think we're going to really uh, – we're at the part of the nation where these parks start to expand out a little bit. Can't really do multiple parks in one of these stops. So uh, we'll be looking at Kings Dominion and Richmond for our next road trip stop, which is exciting. I've been to Kings Dominion. It's a good little park. Lots of things to highlight. Um, have not really been to Richmond. So uh, be interesting to see what the hell they got there. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, if you are listening to this podcast, you're not following us on social media, what are you doing? Uh, solo.to slash coaster is a good place to find us. Our TikTok. My God, our TikTok has popped off. And um, I'd be surprised if you weren't following us on TikTok quite yet. 
a lot of people wait for our stuff to come out on Instagram instead of watching TikTok. You're missing out. We have 24.8K followers on TikTok, Jeff. That's almost 25. It's almost 25. Yeah. By the time this show comes out, it might be 25. Here's to hoping. But yeah, check us out, uh, especially on TikTok. That's where our, our, our most fun content, I would say, is. Um, so go check it out. And then um, if any of you, and this is Tuesday, there's a, In The Loop is having a little free RT session that we got invited to um, up at Adventureland Park this Saturday. So uh, if you see us, say hey. Let us know you listen to the show. Love to talk to you a little bit. But uh, we got some um, ERT on Monster, which hype level for you. You haven't ridden Monster. Yeah, I've never been to the park, so I'm just all around excited for a new experience. Yeah, I mean, what are you most excited for uh, with the park? Monster. Yeah, it's true. And do and being there with my friends. Yeah, that'll be fun too. Yeah, Monster. They got some good coasters there. I mean, Monster is yeah. a standout. The rest of it's kind of middle of the road, but the park itself is actually uh, kind of a favorite of mine. Real charming. Lots of old folks that work there. Very cute. Very nice employees. So, yeah, I'm excited to be up there and. Uh, potentially see some of you it sounds like so pretty good times all right well that's the show um you got anything you need to say here jeff to close anything out here uh stay fly america you know what to do eat crab cakes don't eat it don't eat it six flags america <laughs> don't eat it six America. Just don't do it. Just don't do it.